Harry, you working today? Yes, I am. Why? Didn't you, didn't you know that people could just sell their farts in jars and sell that? Like, Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, so like she was selling her farts for like a thousand. I'm pretty sure we could fetch at least like fifty to a hundred for your farts. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can. You think guys heard about that a... story, man? Yeah. Uh, um go for it. I, I feel like you know about this a lot more in detail. Hey man, don't you accuse me of I don't shit. know why you know. Garin, Garin was like on her he goes, Man, I'm so sad. I will no longer be getting a jar a month. <laughs> Whatever subscription plan he was on. <laughs> All the mason jars at Duggan's house were missing. He just like packing farts and selling them. According to Rolling Stone, a TikToker made two hundred thousand dollars farting in jars. <sighs> Stephanie Motto is her name, and you know she was like, "Hey, I'm not gonna be a fraud here. I'm actually gonna fill these jars up with hot air." And like you know, she had to go to she had to go to the emergency room because her diet consisted of getting gassed up. So like she was drinking a bunch of protein shakes, beans, soups and everything like that, you know, for the craft. And then one day had really bad chest pains and went to the hospital. And then the doctors are like, Hey man, like this is cause of your diet. Like what kind of person would want a jar? I was just going to say that. Like, I, I don't know. Like you, you can't, you don't hate the, don't hate the play. I hate the game. I guess <laughs> this is like who 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 is more like who, what's weirder selling your farts in cans? I would say buying or buying them for a thousand dollars. Wait, she was selling them for a thousand dollars a jar, supposedly. What the fuck? I mean, she did make two hundred thousand dollars. So I mean, man, I, I feel like a clown. I have to get up in the morning and go to work, and somebody's just making two hundred thousand dollars selling their farts in a jar. Like that's what I hate. I hate everything involved with the story. I hate that we're talking about it. I just hate everything. And then now she's like pivoted away from that. Now she's sell- selling NFTs of like little fart jar things. <laughs> what the? You know, my thing with NFTs is it's kind of weird. Like. So NFTs, how they work is right. Basically, if I go to what 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 NFTs are are their certificates of ownership, is how I think I, I what I've read. But it's like if I can just go to Google and image that fucking meme or Google like like the lady from um the Catch Me Outside girl. Mm-hmm. So she has the royalties or the NFT for that meme. But it's like, wh- why is this worth? I don't know. I can't. I, some I tried. I watched a couple of videos and I saw something that said that it said like, it was um, it's like, selling the ownership to that image. Yeah, it stands for non fungible tokens, and it's like the thing, like, you know how like stocks were have always been the thing, and then other investments, and then remember crypto really took off over the last couple of years. Now it seems like everybody's kind of pivoted towards NFTs. That's why it seems like crypto's kind of stalled out. And um, it just seems like such a scam. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah. it, it's, just, it's just weird. Like, people make, like, little digital artwork and sell it. And, like, some of them are selling for hundreds of millions of dollars. So we will be launching our NFTs for the Miles Apart podcast. We're just going to have a picture of Harry. And everybody just buy it, and we're gonna take like them to the, the studio. Like the of the show, as you would yeah. say. Yeah, you're the ass of the show, more like it. But um, 
you know, there's no easy way to transition out of this. Um, we got a packed show here for you guys um, this week. It's ha- um, I'm glad that the three of us are back. And, you know, this is our first. Uh, of, we missed you, you know, last week. Yeah. It's our first, like, you know, the show 2022 with the three of us. And, you know, starting off on a little bit more of a somber topic. Um, growing up in the 90s, I'm pretty sure everybody watched Full House, right? Yes, sir. Danny Tanner. Yeah. So, you know, it's unfortunate. Bob Saget passed away. Um, he was 65 years old, passed away on January 9th, 2022. Uh, they found him at in his hotel room at the Ritz-Carlton in Florida. Um you know, let's just kind of take a moment to talk about him real quick. It, it, the the outpouring on social media has been really good. Like, like you know, like everybody just talking about how nice he was, how sweet he was. You know, he was he he had like different phases of his career. Like he had you know Full House, which was one of the biggest shows in the '90s, and you know he was also on. Um, he was the original host of America's Funniest Videos, and then his stand-up comedy career like it kind of caught me off guard the first time i saw it i was like holy shit danny tanner like he, he goes i know i i i saw that same special you're probably talking about where he was just like belligerent as fuck and i was like nice you know the first time he ever did that was on an snl episode so he had an snl episode and he was kind of trying to show because you know they paint him as this timid you know, and then you have Uncle Jesse with John Stamos, and he did an opening monologue for SNL, and you guys can YouTube it. Or, in fact, um, it's I, let's see if we can bring it up. Actually, just like a little bit of it, but basically in that whole scenario, in that opening, mon- that's the first time I ever like kind of saw him, and he even makes a joke about how usually his uh, time slot, because you know SNL comes on at midnight. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Midnight East yeah, Coast. I always get that and uh, Matt TV confused. Matt TV mm-hmm. hasn't been around for years. I, but I, man, I, I was I'm always a Matt myself. TV guy. But, you know, he does a monologue how he usually has an earlier time slot in the day for his show, and that's what he's known for. But it was good for he, you know, he talks about how it was good for him to have like a uh, time slot at that time. And he gets to really like kind of make some off cuff jokes because. That's what he is when it came down to it. He was a he was actually he he was a comedian and yeah, I looked a up stand-up. a lot of stuff. And you know, I I can't find that Bob Sag it's okay. Saget's he, segment, but that's fine. We'll, we'll steer away from that, but I looked up a lot of quotes and stuff and being a comedian, one of the quotes that he had that I really liked was he said, "Like with any good art form, if you can entertain people and make them think, it's an honor. It's just an honor to be a comedian." And he seemed like this um, dude who kind of was like this nice. You sent me a video if you want to talk about a little bit about Jimmy Kimball. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy had a good uh, tribute to him too. Um, you know, and he was very emotional throughout it. And, you know, I think it's, it's very abrupt and sudden, you know, when you have somebody that's 65. Like, the older we get, the more we realize, like, 60s, 50s. Like, when we're kids and we're younger, we think, oh, man, you're so old. But it's not that old. Like, you know, it's especially when you see people that live to like 100, you know, Betty White passed away last week. She was 99. And I was just kind of thinking about it. It's like we're me and Harry are almost 30. Harry's in his late 20s. Jess, you're 45. And, <laughs> you know, Betty White's just been old, like our whole like lives. She was she was around the uh, she was a little bit older than Bob Saget, like when we were born, pretty much. And 
you know it's like it just sucks like when when it's kind of abrupt like that and um i was listening to bill burr's podcast and i was like you know because he's had bob saget on his show before and he's talked about how they're friends so i was just curious i was like i wonder if he's you know going to be kind of talking about it and then um i think he was on vacation and like you know he had his usual show and then like he usually pauses to take like you know talk about ads and then that's when like you know when he was talking he's like ah oh. you know he just sounded really bummed out because it was one of his really good friends and again you know when you have this many people coming out like supporting and put sending out well wishes and talking about how good of a person you know at the end of the day guys like that's what kind of goes with us the legacy we leave behind and what kind of a person we were and it seems like he had a he left a really good impression on a lot of people's lives what about you harry did you ever watch full house growing up yeah i watched full house i think um kind of just reaching back onto the betty it's this is how you know you can't really plan for life or you don't know what's going on until it happens. Um, when Betty White passed away, Bob Saget actually posted something on his Instagram. And at the end footnote of it, he wrote, In the afterlife, um, she always had the love of her life. Sorry, let me start from, that, from the beginning. She always said the love of her life was her husband, Alan Luden, who she lost back in 1981. Well, if things work out by Betty's design, in the afterlife, they're reunited. I don't know what happens when we die, but if Betty says you get to be with the love of your life, then I happily defer to Betty on this. My deepest condolences to her family and friends. Betty White, my God, we will miss you. Yeah, man. And he had just posted on Twitter or Instagram, I think it was the night before, uh, you know, he was in Florida doing stand up and he was like, I had no idea that I did a two hour set like, you know, um, I think he might have taken time off during the pandemic, but he's like, I'm addicted to this again. And, you know, so just touring and yeah, I think it he sucks, man. Just, he had just done his stand-up too right before he passed away. Yeah, that, that night. And I think he had just spoke to his wife also. And I think there was some statement about her saying that, yeah, you know, he was doing good. I mean, if he wasn't feeling good, he wouldn't have done the stand-up in the first place. Yeah, I think... They, I think initially the reports came out there was no foul play suspected. You know, who yeah, knows? Nothing like that. No health issues or anything. I think he did. They said he did have COVID back in December, though. Yeah, who, might who might knows? have been like a heart attack. Might have been a stroke. You know, something abrupt like that. Where when you, you know, gotta go. You gotta go. That's yeah. that's life, unfortunately. But um, what didn't go with him is his legacy, and that's how we keep it. Rem- we keep him alive. We remember it. I think Full House was probably one of the biggest sitcoms in the 90s. And um, yeah, it, it's still fresh. Um, John Stamos looks the same for some fucking reason. He does, bro. Like, Uncle Jesse's immortal. And uh, other than that, like, there's so many other things that I won't remember. I won't forget the roast. He had a roast on Comedy Central. And then I remember um, earlier I looked at it. The Roastmaster General himself, Jeff Ross, kind of gave a nice tribute. And when you see Jeff Ross being nice to somebody, <laughs> you you know they're a good person because Jeff he was Ross also well, you know one thing that we kind of I I, I had f- forgotten about until I you know I was on his wiki earlier today. He was the narrator in How I Met Your Mother. Remember, he was Ted Mosby in the future. He was the narrator oh. of the show. I I did not. I I totally forgot about that too. Yeah. In so. fact, I don't even know if I knew that. 
until you brought w- that up. One of the th- like the things you know that always comes to my my mind, and I still quote it too. And it wasn't even from a good movie that he was in. It was Dumb and Dumber Two when Harry mm-hmm. met Lloyd. He has like a, I think he he's like the dad of a girl that Harry is seeing or Lloyd is. I think Harry is seeing. And then Harry goes to their house and he has like a chocolate bar in his pocket, leans against like a radiator and he it melts and he gets chocolate all over the place. I just remember Bob Sackett's character going, oh, my God, there's shit everywhere. There's shit on the floor, shit on the uh, shit on the walls. There's shit on the ceiling. I, I like I don't know. I, I I still quote that till like again, it wasn't a good movie, but like that part. Yeah, I found yeah, that. There you go. Yeah. I've mentally blocked out that movie, and I'm just going to pretend that there was never a sequel to that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no. So when you have such an outpour, it's like, you know, America lost its grandma in Betty White, sitcom grandma, and it lost its sitcom uncle in Bob Saget. And I would have liked to have a beer with that guy. Mm-hmm. And if there is an afterlife, one day, one day. Yeah. Rest in peace, Bob. Rest in peace. This um, is going to be an even tougher transition. Oh, yeah. Tough yeah. transitions is what we do. And all right, I got nothing. Kodak Black <laughs> was at a hockey it's game. A, yeah, the transition was just hardcore right there. <laughs> Speaking of hardcore, people thought Kodak Black was fucking at a hockey game for a minute there <laughs> the other night. Bro, the fact that Kodak Black was at a hockey game in itself is just like, how the fuck did this... Like, it reminds me of this video I saw of Kodak Black, right? And he, it's just like recently leaked. I don't know, or what would you call it leaked or shared? I don't even think it's leaked. It's shared. He, he, he shared yeah, he posted it on his page. Yeah, no, not of the twerking one, but but there's like another one. Is that where, where he's just he's like staring about, at the camera? He has a lot. Some people said he's been replaced by a clone. And so I doubt he's been replaced by a clone, but... um. Look at me. Hey, I don't stay in the projects anymore. I'm not a project baby anymore. I'm a suburb kid. I'm a suburban. <laughs> I'm a suburban dude. He's a suburban dude. So there, there's you know. also one of him. I think he was on like an Instagram live or something. Where he's on Instagram live or something. And it's literally just him standing there and staring at like the thing it's all dark i remember like i saw that a couple like like, i think it was like a year ago or a couple years ago he just like he literally just stands there and stares at the camera for like an hour he looks like he's like stoned or something but yeah so harry you want to tell us what happened with kodak black at this hockey game i don't know no news came out that everybody there in the luxury box thought he was having sex but his his um his thing was that it was just a lap dance, but if that was a lap dance, that was very intense. Uh, yeah, that was a very <laughs> intense lap dance. Yeah, I was for... like, I was like next level dry dry humping, if you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, I think you could get somebody pregnant dry humping like that. But um, <laughs> aren't you guys been... like? Isn't it? I, I, I'm surprised more people don't have sex in those luxury boxes. Because they're sealed off. They're private. You know? Like, you're at a game. Yeah, but it's like a big glass. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
but yeah so like i think it was like the original video that came out was somebody from like the front had recorded it and yeah you know from there it looks like you know something's going on but mm. then it looked like then i think i don't know if he released it or yeah, he, you know uh, one of his friends released it yeah he had also posted it on his um instagram page just to say that it was a lap dance yeah you know, yeah. throughout of all of this, though, when I was searching all the information, it wasn't the lap dance. It wasn't anything else. Do either of you know what his real name is? Kodak no. Black? Yeah. Let's take your, take your wildest guesses. Cause I, it, I think I do remember seeing it, but it's not coming to me. Me too. I, I saw it earlier when I was looking up an article, but I have... I... His name is Bill Capri. Bill, Bill? Capri? Kodak Black's name. Wow. Hey man, I guess Capri he is, is a, a dude from the suburbs. Bill Capri is a pretty <laughs> fucking cool at NHL games and fucking. <laughs> I think Harry thought it was like a football game initially, and Harry was like, "What the fuck is that? A hockey game?" Because uh, yeah, Panthers. Like, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not a big hockey guy. I didn't know you know hockey had a team named Panthers. Yeah. Was, I didn't know hockey was a sport until this came <laughs> out. <laughs> Uh, field yeah. hockey? I think he was. Uh, I think he was invited to the game by like the by the, by the team. <laughs> well, there you go. You get. You get what. Yeah, they knew what was coming. You knew what was coming. This, do they not listen to his like music? Just, do they not know he was? What are some of his songs? Bill, Bill Capri is a wild dude, bro. I remember <laughs> he Capri. initially. I think one of <laughs> Bill Capri's <laughs> a fucking gangster, bro. <laughs> Bill Capri gets his lap dances standing up. <laughs> yeah, Bill Bill Capri made his. I remember No Flocking was like one of the big ones. Oh yeah, No Flocking. Um, he he got yeah, some. He's know. got some good, good. good music. He's young, right? He's probably in the twenties. Yeah, like he does not look like it. No, he does he, not. He, he's twenty-four years old. Jesus Christ, Bill, Bill Capri's had a rough life. <laughs> Come on, Bill. Look, look, um, yeah. It's uh, once we have our once we have our YouTube channel up, we'll be um. That's coming, by the way. We'll be sharing. We'll be able to live share these videos, and I don't even know if I want to live share this one. But you know, you guys can find it on Twitter. It's on Google. It's on YouTube, and just make your own. What do you guys think? Was he getting a lap dance? Was he not getting a lap dance? Why was necessary in during NHL a hockey game? game? Like, what did they play a song or something? He's like, "All right, we gotta go." Like, yeah, come here, twerk. <laughs> Have you guys ever been in the luxury box in any of the? No, Who me neither, fuck? man. That'd be a cool thing to. It, what am I, Robert? Kra- see- I'm sure Robert Kraft's fucked in a luxury box, right? Like that's got or at least a massage. massage. Yeah. At least a massage. Oh man, um, is there a background to these things? Kodak, it was Kodak's first time. He just got out of jail. Come on, guys! Like, yeah, let the man enjoy. Yeah. But um, he has a song about gremlins. What did you expect? Don't invite him to a fucking. <laughs> but hey, man, like you know, I think good pu- publicity. You know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Everybody was talking. This shit went viral. So, good for you, Bill. Um, I, one of the comments I, one of the comments I, I read was like this is a this is not what they meant when they meant like Kodak moment or something but um um they definitely you know, hockey gonna, man put hockey out definitely. there definitely 
Yeah, Harry's like, I know this was a sport. Um, you know, mo- moving from that to a trailer, which, you know, we've known it's been coming out for quite some time now. But um, seeing the newest trailer, I sent it to you guys the other day. Jackass Forever. Did you guys watch the trailer? Yes. Harry, did you watch the trailer? I uh, did not. Wonderful. Did you guys grow up watching Jackass? I did. Crazy stunts. Yeah, man. Yeah, like it was. It's it's kind of like a part of our childhood, which it, which is funny, and then also kind of like terrifying that these guys are still doing this. Like Steve O. Yeah, like you know, at, was, at this age, uh, supposed to come to Bakersfield. I don't know if he did already, or is he coming in February? I don't know. But Steve-O being off of drugs, like, Steve-O's actually aged the best out of everybody I've seen in the trailer. Bam looks like shit. Bam was in the trailer? Yeah. Or I, I don't saw, think I saw Bam's a thing in with this him movie. And, oh, is he? Then it must have been an off-production thing. I follow him on Instagram, where it was, like, a picture of him and, like, Steve-O and Bam. Mm-hmm. And, like... But Bam's had his own demons. Yeah, um, that's that's what it is. You guys, yeah. Did you guys watch Bam's reality show growing up? Yeah, I watched it in and out with his dad rock on there and, and all roll, the like dumb shit he would do roll, with them. Yeah. The was that his stepdad? I think that was his stepdad. Uh, one of them was his uncle, and then I think the other one was his dad. Oh, I don't know why I thought that was his stepdad, but I'm sorry, Bam. But um, yeah, and it, like Johnny Knoxville is 50, dude. Still getting run over by bulls and shit. But um, that's like. like wh- the next one's just gonna be them in like a retirement home driving like little scooters like they're getting there bro (laughs) like like they'd be like taking a wheelchair off a ramp or something but like like the injuries that these dudes get is pretty severe i think like johnny knoxville had to like self-cath himself for like over a year when he like sustained an injury or something like yeah they don't they don't fuck around like in in one of them in one of the like in, in the trailer they're one of the skits it looks like they're doing is Francis Nunganu is going to be punching somebody in the balls. Who's the he's the heavyweight champion in the UFC. <laughs> like Harry, how mm-hmm. much we got to pay you to, for you to get punched in the balls by Francis Nunganu? Oh, no, I'm not getting punched. And my dude, you won't sell your farts. You won't get punched in the dick. How like, much, what are you bringing to the table? How, right how now? much would you? How much would you charge to get punched in the balls? I would probably get my sperm frozen first. Mm-hmm. Because I think you know, like something's popping. If if a heavyweight champion <laughs> is punching you in the dick, popping. yeah, you're gonna have a wreck like, you're, gonna... you're gonna have a bunch of things. <laughs> it's no use. Okay, so I, I wanted to kind of look into the why Bam's not in this because I don't know any of this. So I guess, um, what what the truth is due to like Bam's like peculiar contract. I don't know what was up with his contract. They removed Paramount removed him. And after that, he started harassing the cast, attacking the members. He claimed the producers and cast were torturing him with drug tests, rehab, and remaining sober for the stunts. So, yeah, he, he is definitely... So, yeah, he, he is not... Uh, so, so Jackass Forever doesn't have them. So he started fucking with people? Or like, talking yeah, shit to them and stuff? Like, Knoxville, I think, is 50. Yeah, Knoxville's 50. Yeah. That's not Steve O's a comic are, now. Steve O yeah, does a stand up comedy. Uh, he has his podcast too. Steve O. Yeah. Lee Man's 48. Damn. Steve O's 47. Yeah, Steve O sustained so, a lot of injuries too, man. I think a bunch of broken bones. Like, I, I sleep wrong. I sleep wrong on my back sometimes. And it, like, you wake up hurting. You know, I'm, I'm fucked up for like two, three days. So, I'll, I'll kudos to them. 
I know Dunn died. Dunn passed away. Yeah, Ryan Dunn. Um, I think Bam's kind of spiraled yeah. ever since that happened. I think that's the thing, you know, but they're all so close. But, you know, it's crazy, man. It's crazy all the stuff that these guys do. Like, I wouldn't, like, we were talking about the crate challenge. Like, the crate challenge is a walk in the park for all the dumb shit these guys have done. Like, I can't even, from Jack, all the films, kind of fathom. I remember there's so much. Like, one of my favorite was, like, the hand slap one. When they were going through the halls and they had that fucking revolving hand slap. So they have they have something that's a little similar to that. It's like the coffee truck. Like that shit cracked me up when I saw it on the trailer. Where like the the I think uh, uh, Andrade like you know he's getting a coffee and they just have like this inflatable thing that just comes out and hits him. And then there's one where he's like Johnny's like, all right, can we like actually get him a cup of coffee? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then they give it to him, and then another inflatable thing goes off, and he's just like dying laughing. And they're blowing up the porta potties. That's been like a staple in Jackass. And um, so, just... would you, Harry? Would you rather get punched in the dick by Francis Ngannou? Because the same guy that gets punched, there's another skit that he does in the movie where they have him tied up in a room. They put honey and salmon on him. And a bear comes in the room. So oh, are you going to let a bear eat salmon and lick honey off of you? Or are you getting punched in the dick by Francis? You got to pick I'd one. I'd probably get punched in the dick. You've heard it here first, folks. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, if, that bear, if that bear loses his shit. Well, well, yeah, because there's no going it's back. Potentially. Is this a trained bear? Like there has to be factors. He has this. to be a trained bear. Hmm. But um, you remember, Jess, I think it was a Jackass 3 that came out, you know, whenever it came out. But I remember it was like the night of your birthday. And then like all of us got together and went to go watch it. Yes, I do. Good times, man. Again, Jackass, like we grew up with this shit. So like I think it's my, you know, it comes out in February. So like that's like the movie I'm kind of excited about the most to go watch. Yeah, I saw like a thing that said I think over the last, not including the new film, they're um, responsible. The crew is responsible for over twenty million in injuries sustained. Jesus yeah, Christ! Imagine. Speaking of injuries, Ooh, that's Clay now, Thompson has came back from an injury. Yeah, that's what you call it. And I don't give folks. a flying fuck, so hey, I'm man. with the Warriors. And <laughs> hey, <laughs> this one. Hey, man. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I don't think Lakers. you. I don't think you gotta be a like Warriors fan, or I think if you're just a basketball fan or a sports fan in general, I think everybody was just excited to have him back. Clay's got like the highest approval rating of players in the NBA, where he's just like one of the most likable guys, and it was tragic. I, I do. I, I really do like. Man. You're right. So he You're he right. tore his ACL in the 2019 finals against the Raptors and then rehabbed, missed a season, and then it looked like he was going to be coming back. And literally the night of the draft when the Warriors were picking James Wiseman number two overall, the news came out that he ruptured his Achilles. And I just remember that felt like a gut punch. It was just like, oh, man, like, fuck. Like, like and that's a big injury. That's bigger than the ACL. And, like, she's like, God damn, dude, like, this is one of the best players in the NBA um, on one of the best teams. And he's going to be missing another year of his career. So it was like 900 something days uh, since he had played. And, um, you know, it was like ramping up every, like from the beginning of the year, 
Everybody was just excited to get Clay back, get Clay back. Warriors exceeded everybody's expectations, uh, you know, because I think everybody was just thinking that like, they would be okay middle of the pack until he returned. But they actually started this fucking season off like on fire and they look stacked. And then now they got him back. I remember that day it was like, you know, it, it was just dope because um, I think it was on ESPN a couple days before his return. Steph was narrating like the segment and, um, you know, it, he was just talking about like how hard Clay's work to get back and how much it means to him. Like it was, I think like a month ago or something, like after the Warriors game ended, Clay was sitting on the bench after like everybody had left. He just had a towel over his head. Like this dude really wanted it. Like, and it was just dope to see him come back. You know, it was Clay day here this past Sunday in the Bay. And, um, he came back and like Clay Thompson does right off the bat, you know, scored, even points. had a dunk. 18 points. I know. I think you're right. I think it might have been 17. I think he had 18 shots yeah. or something. But, um, I mean, yeah, he, he had a good game for – I mean, I didn't see the game. I did see the stats. But, I mean, coming off an injury like that, I mean, Achilles is a pretty severe injury to come off of, first of all. And to have a good game like that, kudos, man. I know. Kudos I saw to him. Some you stuff know, that Gargan posted I mean, um, since he was out, a few things that have happened – the la- since he's been out, the number one song on the Billboard charts was "Old Town Road." You know when he went out, the Raiders and the Warriors were still playing in Oakland. Since he's been out, the Giants have made twenty-eight trades and have nothing to fucking show <laughs> for it. Uh, Curry has made five hundred and twenty-nine three-pointers, and along the way became the NBA's all-time career leader for three. So this is how long he's been out. Tom Brady was still playing for the Patriots. And this will mark the 91st game when he came back, played at the Chase Center. It'll be Thompson's first game. Mm-hmm. And uh, the NBA, I believe, uh, lost a lot of prominent ambassadors of the sport, including David Stern, Elijah and Baylor, Paul Westpaw, Jerry Sloan, and Lakers legend Kobe Bryant. So these are all the things that have happened. But I think Zion and Jaw are still in college. Zion still in the NBA? That's, that's what I was about to get he to. Is... to get to. Like they were they were talking about drafting Zion. Number one pick. And in that period of time with Clay being out and coming back, Zion debuted and fucking left the NBA. Well he didn't leave, but and Yeah, he's just yeah. been out for like a long period of time. I think it's hard to recover from it. I mean, he did put on a lot of weight since his college time to, you know, his pro career. The road through that. Yeah. He's pretty heavier now. And, um, yeah, dude, like, it, it's just dope to have Clay back. And he had a dunk in the game. He had his three. And, you know, now it's cool. Like he said, like, in the post-game interview that it just felt like after when he was checking into the second quarter, it just felt like he was playing ball again. He got the jitters out. And, you know, Harry, like you're saying about Jaw and Zion, remember when they were both coming out of college, it was Zion, definitely number one. You know, and Memphis is taking number two. Oh, like, it sucks. Like, any team that couldn't get number one, I remember everybody was mm-hmm. kind of bummed out. But Jaw, oh, this year. Did you? I mean, I'm sorry. That block was against the Lakers. But his recent game when they played Memphis. He just rolled his eyes. <laughs> Man. Jaw's head literally, like, 
If his arm was not up trying to reach for the ball, his head is up your ass. He is like a mix of like Allen Iverson crossed with like a prime Derrick Rose. Like the athleticism mm-hmm. this guy has, like it's crazy. And he's only like 22, I think. And you know, he his team like Memphis is Memphis is good. Nobody like sleep on Memphis. They're gonna make some noise this year. Uh, remember, like I think it was a, was the last year they knocked out uh, the Warriors out of the play-in, and this team's gotten better and they built around them and they just beat the Warriors the other night. Granted, you know they they they're still missing some people and Draymond Green was out. Did you guys hear about the Draymond Green thing that happened the night that Clay came back? No. So Draymond Green pulled his calf um, in in warmups, and Shams reported that hey. Draymond isn't going to play, but he wants to be out on the court because, you know, Clay's coming back. So what he's going to do is he's going to be out there in the starting lineup after the tip, like he's going to foul and take himself out of the game. When that report came out, you know how FanDuel betting? in, In a lot of states, FanDuel has sports betting. In California, it's not legal yet. Hopefully, it will be soon. But... FanDuel and all these other, uh, you know, betting, uh, sports gambling platforms, they always have, like, different, different bets you could make. So everybody jumped on there, and they took the under for Draymond Green, under, like, whatever his points, rebounds, assists, everything was set at, they took the under. There was screenshots people were sharing. They bet $1,000 for everything on the under for Draymond, and it was paying out, like, $10,000, $7,000. Eight thousand dollars. Why did I not know this? And everybody cashed. Oh, it's out. not legal in California. It's not because he played. He played zero minutes. Like literally, it tipped off. He went fouled, took himself out of the game. I would have mortgaged my house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's. I think it's a good thing. It's not legal in California, and with that type of energy. Yeah, the energy is a little too aggressive. You're just like. Yeah. If it didn't go well, you know. Um, hey, babe. You know, we have to move. He made like a free just, throw before leaving the game. <laughs> <laughs> he just like Jess just like walks into the room and is just packing up. His wife's like, What are you doing? Oh, he wanted to be like cold and make the free throws before leaving. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that that was crazy. So it's interesting. I, I, I don't know because I saw it on TikTok. They were saying like, you know, like should these people get paid out? And what do you guys think? I think so. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. If 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 DraftKings or whatever the site that they're using was that onto it, if all these people knew and they knew, they should have, you know, they should have put something out and said it's avoided or it's not like they, they should have time till tip off. Yeah. They should have pulled the bets. Yeah. They should have pulled the bets. But yeah. Interesting. Um, I, I just thought that was cool and interesting. Um, any other topics you boys want to touch on before uh, to close the show? We're going to give our recap on Boba Fett episodes two and three. Um, I would just like to say I am going to have to unfortunately leave right now. Um, I got to do a couple of errands before I get to work or head out to work. So it was a great podcast, boys. Great podcast, Harry. Thank you. Thank you, you know, for taking the time out. And then uh, just start eating more protein so then we can start packaging those. Um, I think we should uh, try different packaging situations. Instead of mason jars, (laughs) let's try something else, you know. Freeze them up or something, you know. (laughs) 
freeze on Mars. <laughs> Harry's like using fucking dry ice with his farts. But all right, dude. All right. All right. Talk to you. Le- right, talk guys. to you next week, Harry. Thank you. All right, See you guys. Boba. All right. So Mother I think F and F. I think to be completely transparent, Jess. Last week when we were recording, we were a little tired. You were. It was, a, we it was were. a little bit of a long day for you. Mm-hmm. The energy was a little low when we got around to old Boba Fett towards the end. But you rewatched the first episode and also saw two and three, right? Yes. So I'm going to kind of recant my statements because <laughs> I have no... Listen, listen. I will flip-flop like in a heartbeat. So I rewatched the first episode and I was like, you know what? This actually, you know, it makes sense. The reason it makes sense is they had Boba like as this badass bounty hunter, this, this, and that, you know? And then... They did him no justice. He was just like quickly dispatched. And it shows how he survived the sandworm, how he got out. And Sarlacc Pit. Sarlacc Pit, sorry. Um I always ever since I seen um Dune. Dune. Yeah. Yeah. But then you kind of have like you go back and you see this and you see how badass he is throughout that whole first episode and how he gains the respect of the Tuscans. Mm-hmm. And so I rewatched that and, you know, I like it. I like it. I like that John Far- um, John Favreau's written so far. I think, I don't know if he's written the whole show. It's, it's shows it says written, written by, by him on every episode. So you're right. I watched it again and I really did enjoy the second rewatching and, now we're on episodes two and three, so we'll jump on that. So Boba, Book of Boba Fett's kind of just showing it's two stories going simultaneously. It's how his rise is going to be as the new Damiamo. Is that how they say uh, it? I have it written down here. Do, yeah, it's something like that. Damio. Damio. Damio of Tatooine, as he likes to say. And, you know, we talked about that last last episode, too. Um, but yeah, after rewatching it, I'll recant what I said. It it actually once you get more into it, the first episode, you know, it shows you his background and stuff. Second episode gets even better. So he's in the back to tank. Back to tanks are used for healing and kind of helping you recover from injuries. So he wants to rule in a totally different way than Jabba. Jabba's biggest thing was ruling with fear. Hey, it was a crime boss. Mm hmm. He's gonna rule with respect. That's what he tells Fennec Shen, and he intends to make that known by not having a, a they call it a litter, is it? Where um, he comes in on like a throne. Oh, like yeah, yeah. Hugs. She's like, she's like, you yeah. shouldn't be walking. You should be carried around. He's like, I, I'll walk on my own two feet. He's just a real motherfucker. And, yeah. What did you think about the, so it was Bib Fortuna. I, I think last week when we were talking about, so after, uh, Jabba dies, uh, Bib Fortuna takes over. And, you know, we see that in this episode. I was like, you know, Bib Fortuna. And it's like, you know, like the the more we see with how, like, much of a hard time Boba Fett's having, it's like, how the fuck did Bib Fortuna's a little bitch? How the hell did he, like, fucking rule all this stuff? And it, can, it came out in this, um, I think it was episode two, where that Bib yeah. Fortuna, just to keep that mantle, he had kind of split up all the territories and kind of just let people do whatever, you know, they want to do. So that's why um, 
in the beginning when uh, beginning of episode two they're doing the interrogation of the guy that they capture and they send him down to the rancor pit and then you know he's like I, he'll never talk and then like they send him down there the gates opening for the rancor and he immediately is like the mayor sent me like what, what did you think about it? did you think that was funny like how the it was just empty though yeah because you know real star wars fans we know why it's empty Luke, motherfucking Skywalker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, just some of the big highlights of Episode Two. We get to see the twins, who are uh, s- cousins, I believe, of uh, Jabba the Hutt. Yes. So they came to like lay claim to Jabba's throne, and he explains that's his throne. And then he has um, they have they have their bounty hunter because. Uh, it's a Wookiee. It's a badass motherfucking Wookiee. That's what that is, dude. Chris Anton, that's his name. There you go. And they try to intimidate him, and you know he's not. And he goes, "You're gonna have to kill me for this throne." And basically, they they walk away. So you know, you knew he, they were gonna come back, and you knew there was gonna be like a, there was gonna be a um, callback to you know all that stuff, and then. So they leave and all that stuff. You know, there's gonna be a where there's gonna be a fight, but after that they leave and then you, they, he has more f- flashbacks and he kind of shows how he kept working with the Tuscans and how he stopped um, the Tuscan tribe. Like he helped them. I thought that was amazing. That that was pretty cool. He showed them how to ride the. Yeah. So what like, do you think about that little montage? So he's still gaining their trust in this episode in the flashbacks, and. Um, the train, what is the the train people are just dicks. They're just going through the desert and they're like, drive by, pew, 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 pew. And just, I'm going to kill a couple of your fucking yaks or whatever the fuck they're called. And then, um, <laughs> like, they just keep going. They just fucking, like, like these guys aren't doing anything. They're not trying to rob the train. They're just literally just posted up. And the, the train zooms by, just snipes out a couple of them. And then he's like, fuck this. I'm going to help you stop that train. I'm going to gain your guys' trust, move up, you know, here. And how I'm going to do that is I'm going to stop this train. What did you think about that, uh, the scene where he goes to that bar and it's kind of like the space hell's angels are there and he, like, beats yeah. the fuck out of them? I thought that was badass. And he brings them back. And I thought that was so funny when he brings them back. They, like, just immediately start attacking them. They, just, they, yeah, they start stripping the bikes for parts and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 I'm going I'm to I'm show you how to stop it. And the montage of them like being trained on how to ride and everything like that, and then that did that train scene remind you of Gadar at all? <laughs> no, it did it not actually. The fact that you bring that up, I I can see where you can draw the parallel from, but no, it didn't. You are more Bollywood esque than me. It reminded me of actually. It kind of reminded me of um. It kind of reminds me of um, freaking Captain America for some reason more <laughs> than Gather. Just when they like the first Avenger. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> makes more yeah. sense. That makes a lot more. But you know, I hate like droids are assholes. I get why Mando hates them. That droid was a dick. He like caused all the, like he, that was I I knew that guy was gonna die. The guy that was training um Mando. Mm-hmm. The Tuscan that was training him, and I was like, oh, man. And then you see him die, and you're like, dang. Yeah, like, that fucking little bitch of a droid, like, doing all this shit, and then, and then just jumps out. 
And okay, so my thing with that is, hey, cool, the train scene was cool. They stop them, um, everything like that. But as soon as the train stops and it like collapses, all the Tuscans come running and they're like, oh, yay, we won. It's like that train must have been hundreds of miles away. Because <laughs> where they took off, you know, where their little base camp is, they got on their bikes, caught up to the train. And then the train was going super fast, not to mention that it was boosting because that droid kept boosting it. So we're talking hundreds of miles away. But as soon as it stops, they're right there. Yeah, and mind you, none of them had the um, speeders. Yeah. So Tuscans are really fast. I don't know. I, I don't know what else to tell you. So that was kind of the episode two. You know, so uh, um, just just real quick, there is a couple little things that happen at the end of episode two. So, you know, this kind of sets up a plot point that the train people, they're importing spice, which I was like, what is this dune? Really? Mm -hmm. Spice? That's what I thought of, too, as soon as they said that. So, you know, Boba like cuts a deal with them like, hey, you guys are going to have to pay us if you're going to use our desert. And then the Tuscans are like, hey, cool. You helped us stop the train. You got us all these extra resources. Here's some shrooms. <laughs> like, I was just going to say that. Like, I was like, Joe Rogan would have loved this episode. I remember he talks about that drink, the Asusaka drink or whatever it's called, and like DMT. And they just shove a lizard up um, Boba Fett's fucking nostrils. And then he goes on like a weird spiritual journey and comes back with a branch. Yeah. And he's like, fuck you, Mando. I make my own gear. I don't just go to an armor lady. And, you know, so at the end of episode two, he's been fully embraced by the Tuscans. He had like, you know, he has a traditional garb on now and he has the Tuscan like that's where he got the weapon from that. We saw him kicking ass in Mandalorian season two with um, we thought episode two was solid. I really liked episode two after after seeing episode two. I was like, all right, I'm fully in this now. And that's called a coffee stick. There you go. Oh. That's a guy does just just in case if you guys want to know it's a coffee stick. So yeah, after this episode ended, I was like, I may have misspoken, like last <laughs> but week. I like that about you, man. Because people nowadays they don't want to be wrong, so they'll dig their heels in and they'll double down. And you're like, you know what? I don't. I hate episode two more than I hated episode one. <laughs> you're, you're like, yeah, no, you know what? Now that I actually, you know, like I think rewatching it helped, and then, um. Episode three, like we're we're in now. We are we are fully in, and um, episode three uh, starts off. Uh, just a quick little breakdown of that. Uh, it's called the Streets of Mid Espa, and yeah, so this is where like you know I t I take notes when I watch this just so it helps me out. My first note was like Bib was a bitch. Bib Fortuna wanted the mantle, so did a bunch of deals to split up the town. So that's what you know, is going on that these are the people that are kind of against Boba Fett because they're like with Bib Fortuna, you know, they all kind of got split up and the mayor, it seems like he's involved in this too, where, you know, before they were all under the rule of Jabba and did everything how he wanted. And then when Bib Fortuna took over, nobody took him seriously. So he's like, hey, I, I want to be the Damio, but you guys could kind of do what you want to do and let everybody run amok. And these are the people that are like, well, we don't want to go back you know how it was with Jabba, so fuck you, Boba Fett. And he's trying to show everybody I'm a I'm a I'm a be different than that. But you know, so these are the people that are kind of going after him and stuff like that. And 
This one starts out with a guy coming in and being like, hey, these people are stealing my water. Who this uh, this actor, I really liked him. He's also in Barry, uh, the, the HBO show. And I, I've always liked most of the things that he's in. So, uh, yeah, he, he's basically a watermonger. It's kind of what the, his name's Lorth Appeal. There you go. So he comes to him and he goes, hey, bro, like, like backhanded ass compliments. You know, I came here to pay my tribute, but nobody respects you, man. He's he straight goes, up. Straight up. He goes, they're stealing my water and shit like that. And these are these cyborg gangs. Like, I got Terminator vibes as soon as he goes, they upgrade themselves with parts. And I was like, oh, shit. And then you see him. He goes and he speaks to them. And he pretty much enlists them. So this is what both, this is what I feel like the, re- the seven episode show. So I think this is kind of going to be of him building his own empire or how you will like, his little syndicate or a syndicate family. Yeah. yeah. And he just goes there and he goes, "Why don't we give you guys an actual job?" And he enlists them. And he even tells like he turns on Lord Appeal and he goes, "You know, you need to cut your water prices and make it something or else." And yeah, because so he's trying. He, he's like, "I'm I'm going to be fair," and you know he's price gouging. What? What did you think about the look of his little new people? They kind of look like douchebags, right? Mm, they do. They do. But one of them reminded me of Dragon Ball Z. He has, like, the little eye thing. Like, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, I think there was a cool little callback to Rogue One here uh, in one of the scenes where he's walking through Tatooine. They have uh, stormtrooper helmets that they're putting on pikes, uh, which oh, yeah. I think I believe that was in Rogue One. And... Um, and I, uh, the then, then he kind of had. I know he's in the back to tank again or something. And he has like a flashback to when he goes to collect like his bounty from mm-hmm. the the deal he had kind of said in the previous episode. And he goes there and, and they tell him no. There's like another rivalry gang that's already taken that. And I, and I forgot this one. I just have that in my notes. I forgot who it was, but that's basically what the Pikes tell him. And when he gets back to the camp. The Nikto gang from who he had stolen the speeders from originally have burned the camp down. And that was sad. That was a sad scene. And, you know, murdered the whole fucking thing. And then, like, the Tusken Raiders are murdered. But I thought it was dope because in the Star Wars, like, the original fucking series, Tusken Raiders are just these little background characters, you know? There's extra, extra little characters. So what I thought was so cool that they made them very compelling and we got to see more about their kind of like heritage and their beliefs and stuff like that. So, you know, they actually made them like it's always cool where in Star Wars, like nothing is really wasted. And like they explored kind of their mythology a little bit more, made these characters really compelling. And, you know, when he was kind of reborn out of that Starlight pit, everything was taken from him. And he was originally taken as a prisoner, but then gained their trust. And he he actually cared about them. And... um we see that people, uh-huh. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, we see that in the scene where, you know, he's kind of cremating everybody's remains before he heads off. And then, you know, when this show got uh when it got announced that hey, this show's gonna be coming out, I was kinda like this actor, Timera Morrison, I was like, Can he really carry a whole show? And I would say he's been doing a great job, especially in that scene. You know, you get to see the emotion and everything like that. One thing I did write was those fucking bantha yak things it looks like they walk so slow it looks like people could walk faster than them right <laughs> like when it shows them in the desert riding one of those things like that thing is just getting around very slowly and then you know the flashback kind of ends abruptly where what was the name of the badass wookie 
Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum rips his ass out of the Banta tank and kind of has him dead to rights until his, you know, he gets kind of. Yeah, so I'm just jumping back a little bit. A lot of people have drawn these parallels. People always like to politicize things. They're like, well, this is kind of like the Middle East and they like, or like when you get attacked by other countries and the people are just living their way and their life and they don't like the technology and the new. And I'm like, it's not that serious. It's, <laughs> it's Star Wars, bro. Like, let's just leave it as Star Wars. Um, you know, it does explore that thing of anthropology, I think, where you different cultures have different things and they kind of just look at technology as like, no, fuck this shit, you know? Until Boba shows up and kind of shows them how it works. But jumping forward, yeah, so he gets attacked by Chrysanthemum. They eventually all do take him down with the help of his new cyborg. The douchebag crew. <laughs> and then they lock him in the Sarlacc pit. And they give him back to the huts. And the huts kind of, uh, the, which was crazy, the huts don't even want him back. So I can already predict Chrysanthemum's going to come back to help Boba out at some point in the future. And I thought that was dope. That was one of the things that I really liked about Mandalorian. Remember, we kind of talked that it was kind of like a video game. That, like, as he's going, his armor is getting upgraded, his weapons are getting upgraded, and, like, you know, his little posse um, started to grow a little bit, too. And, you know, having, like, if you think about his posse now, um, Fennec Chan, right-hand person uh, to Boba, he trusts her the most, and um, now he's got a little posse of the douchebags. And then now, if you bring in Chrysanthemum in that as well, I think that's dope because, you know, they need to have. And what I re- like, what I, what I, one of the feelings I had when I was watching this episode, you know, the scene where they're sitting down and having the meal, him and uh, Fennec Chan, and he's like, I need to respond. And I was like, dude, this is like kind of like the godfather of Star Wars because it's like a, you know, like crime syndicate and everything like that. And yeah, the we twin- kind of glossed over, like, he had the Gamorrean guards too. Who Fennec told him, like, to leave him alone, and, and they saved his ass in, like, the first episode, I think. Yeah, and yeah, th- yeah, them, and then they were big in this one, too. Like, both of them kind of take down uh, the badass Wookiee, um, and, um, yeah, so the twins are like, hey, we're actually, we're sorry we tried to kill you. <laughs> and then <laughs> we're actually leaving Tatooine and, because somebody else has already laid claim here, so we're going back to our home. We advise you kind of do the same. And as a peace offering, here's a rancor with Danny fucking Trejo, who's in Star Wars now, which is which I thought was badass. So you know he directed this episode? Danny Trejo did not direct this episode. I'm just kidding. Robert Rodriguez did, but I thought I'd throw you <laughs> <Okay>. off. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez, if you guys can know, he, he Spy Kids. Ah, um, oh, fuck you. What? You're going to lead off sp- with that? Okay, he he's had other stuff, but you know, you guys remember Spy Kids, El Mariachi, um, Desperado, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Can we? Yeah, let's lead off with that one or something. <laughs> I don't even think. Did, I don't even think he's directed Spy Kids. I might have gotten that wrong. Let's see who directed Spy Kids. But anyways, my main point is Johnny Trejo. Like, he's he like the Rancor trainer. Two, three. Sin City. Yeah, I like how I let off with fucking Spy Kids, though. Yeah. So anyways, Danny Trejo's like this the Rancor trainer, kind of. And then he kind of... It, it kind of gave me vibes from Avatar. You know? It's kind of like... 
it'll imprint on you the first and i already knew he was going to be the first one that he saw and it's like a baby rancor it's a depressed right? rancor apparently yeah. <laughs> he's like why is he just laying down he's, like, he's depressed <laughs> like what but you know you, another thing i will see that ran- i promise chrysanthemum and this rancor are going to be like a big part of the finale probably but not i i think john Favreau is so talented in um Favreau in um writing these shows and connecting everything that's why the mandalorian was so good even though he didn't write all of them but so far he's written these episodes that we've seen and it's been it's been crazy so you know he gives them these gifts and then they the huts pretty much told him to go give the mayor a visit you know essentially and then he does go to give the mayor a visit i like and the mayor's that's little measly little bitch yeah. <laughs> What do they call that guy? He, I, I had that written down. He, he's like the mayor's, um, the mayor's bitch. But like, I know there's like a name. It must be an official title. Sir Mayor's bitch. <laughs> no, um, I think Majordomo. That's, Majordomo, that's his, like Majordomo. David Chang's restaurant. Majordomo, who asserts that Shai's. Um, so they chase him down the cyborg's corner him. So he tells him that the mayor's working with the pikes. And then at the end, we see the pikes come in. The pikes were the ones running the long train. So you already know. Now you kind of already have that vengeance kind of sort of like there's a history here with Boba and these pikes who are now coming on to Tatooine. So it seems the mayor's been working with the pikes. And these were the species that were running that long train, just like gunning down the Tuscans for yeah, no so reason. So it's personal now. Like it yeah. was already kind of personal when they're like they're coming for his throne. So again, the power seat, the power kind of got vacated after uh, Jabba died, and now everybody's kind of making their play to move in and take over Tatooine. And you know now it's them. And then yeah, like it's cool because like when when you see it's the Pikes coming down, it's like cool. So the flashbacks kind of intertwine. And uh, do you think it's the end of the flashbacks now? Like, are they, are they going to continue to have flashbacks, you think? I wonder if he'll try to go back to that biker gang. And then they'll find out that it wasn't really the biker gang. It was the Pikes. Um, but other than that, I feel like it might be over. The one thing that I kept thinking of is, man, when does Mando come in? I kind of have another sneaky suspicion. Episode 3, we'll see how it plays out that Mando's going to have a special appearance in this. You think so? I, I I don't know. I just have a vibe. Maybe. Let's see. But we're fully invested now. We're going to be watching. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, definitely. Unlike Hawkeye. Fuck. <laughs> we don't need to talk shit about it. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I just haven't been able to watch it, to be honest. Watch. I'm going to watch Hawkeye and completely love it. And then I'm going to like regret not doing podcasts on it. But yeah. it is what it is. It is what it is. No regrets. And um, that's going to do it. For this jam-packed episode, man, um, it was a blast. Um, you know, thank you guys for listening. And I, would, I just want to, uh, you know, I, how on the 2022 recap show, we played a game on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are going to be playing more games this year uh, coming up. And I just want to give a huge shout-out to Rob Jenner's. Uh, if you guys don't know who Rob Jenner's is, he was on Shaq's old podcast. Uh, the OG Shackcast. He was their uh, producer on there and uh, one of the co-hosts as well. And uh, I follow him on Twitter and he's on, you know, he, he does a podcast with um, 
uh, Robert Horry now, the Big Shot Bob podcast. And then um, he posted on there that like, hey, you know, we played one of this game because that was a big thing on the on the Shaq cast. They used to always play games to kind of end it with that. And, you know, Shaq's competitive. So it, it always got like that. And I know, Jess, you are competitive. So um, so I think, you know, that's a fun little thing to do. And they always did that and always had a good time. So I took inspiration from that on that in that 2021 recap episode. And then. You know, I saw on Twitter he posted like, "Hey, we played this game on the new episode of their podcast." He's yeah, he's a production director at 680 The Fan for the Atlanta Braves, Georgia Tech, and he's on the uh, Big Shot Bob podcast with Robert Horry and Uncut with Jay Cutler. And um, oh, I tweeted at him. I was like, "Hey, man, like, what were some of the names of the games you guys played?" Because you know we're starting to kind of do that on our show now. And he tweeted back to me the names of them, and then he actually DM'd me shortly thereafter and he's like hey man i have a lot of the games saved up like if you want i could send them to you and i was like blown away i was like holy shit dude like that's so nice and then he's like give me your email address and then sure enough like moments later he emailed me a lot of the games uh that they had saved up so you know he needs to just i that. feel like that that means so much that's my biggest thing with any kind of artist you know and you were telling me and i was like dude networking and just being a kind person, you know, he didn't need to do that. And he did. He seems like an upstanding individual. And that's kind of just artists uh, supporting other artists. Uh, Virdas is somebody who, like, I posted a lot of stuff about. We talked about him. He, he's somebody like that, too. He, you know, he said, that's the biggest thing. And so we, we, I am, I know you are so appreciative of him doing all this. And then I even saw a message where he might even want to, join a marvel podcast one of these days yeah i gave him an open invite i was like you know thanks so much for all this man and harry will no longer be a part <laughs> and if you ever want to if you ever want to jump on one of our you know marvel shows because he says he's a big mcu uh you know comic book movies and a uh, geek so i was like hey man if you ever want to shoot the shit about that you got an open invite and he said you know that he's down so hopefully uh sometime this year we could get him on that'd be dope hopefully and, yep yeah, so, you know, I just wanted to give him a shout-out for that. Thanks so much, Rob, uh, for that. You, again, you didn't need to do all that, and you went out, you went above and beyond. And, you know, just be nice, man. Be supportive uh, to people. Like, when somebody is doing something, chasing their uh, creativity and chasing their dreams, like, be supportive. Like, don't, don't look at somebody and be like, well, don't do that, or why are you wasting your time doing this? Like, Cause like, dude, like me and you, we work, uh, you're raising a family. Like we have a lot of stuff going on. We stay busy, but then like the moment we get to kind of sit down once a week to sit down and record the show and then produce and edit. And then, you know, you put out your creation and like, I listen to our show because, you know, if you're not going to be a fan of yourself, how do you expect other people to be a fan of you? And just like the joy I kind of get, like just knowing like, we fucking make this from scratch every week. And then also like, you know, hearing the compliments and the feedback that people give you, like you told me people have been hitting you up and saying that they listen and you know, like that's huge. I think the biggest thing, you know, be kind. And then I think the type of people, and I I hate that I try not to judge people, but if there, there's a certain type of people that like to stifle creativity or perhaps it doesn't meet their, meet their agenda. But in order to know what creativity feels like, I think you kind of have to have that creative. And I feel like everybody's creative. They're creative in their own ways. But 
art is a medium that kind of speaks it transcend it transcends a lot of things it transcends cultural boundaries it transcends language i've had people you know especially susan she goes i'm gonna try to listen to the punjabi podcast and i was like do you know any punjabi and she said no and i was like ah well you know so that's because that's art that's what art does it, it transcends all boundaries and susan this is like your sixth shout out in a row i feel like you will know you, you've exhausted your shout outs we will no longer be shouting out susan anymore but she's been our fan from day one and yeah, we we're gonna appreciate it. And we appreciate all the new one, yeah. new new fans too, because we've seen the show grow, and there's gonna be a lot more growth coming. And we just appreciate all everybody listening, sharing, liking, everything and all. It means a lot to us. It really does. And Miles Support Pod on Twitter. Uh, you know, go follow us on there if you have a Twitter. Uh, Miles underscore apart underscore podcast. Finally, I get that right this week on Instagram. Uh, go check us out on there. Miles Apart Productions on TikTok. Um, Miles Apart Productions on YouTube. Again, we don't have anything up there, but we wanted to just kind of make that and have it as a placeholder. We are starting to kind of dick around with some more video stuff, you know, just been kind of tests and stuff. But hopefully, you know, that's going to be even yeah, more. We're going to try to shoot Harry out of a cannon. We're going to bring Jackass. Like, it's time to pass the torch. We're going to start gonna and also on... Uh, uh, you know, we're going to be selling uh, canned farts for Perry <laughs> in case anybody's interested in that. Uh, that's going to do it for this show, man. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. Thanks for the support. Uh, this is Jess Guggen and uh, Harry from Merlo signing off until next week. Bye-bye.